Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is that you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to The Table, everyone. I am your host, uh, Chris Albritton, and joining me around the table today as a co-host, we have the famous Amy Anthony. Hey, everyone. And along with Amy, we have Nicole Bird here. Hey. Jeremy Mears. Hello. And Todd Matthew. Hello. And today we are going to talk about mission, specifically an upcoming trip that is leaving very soon, Living Water uh, mission trip to Guatemala. Is that correct? Am I that saying that correct. right? Yes. Uh, missions is such an important thing at Calvary, and that's the reason we have Amy Anthony on here today. And so, Amy, why don't you give us a quick overview of uh, what missions looks like here at Calvary, and then we'll do some introductions of you guys around the table. So. Sure, great. So uh, when we talk about missions here at Calvary, we are talking about things that are happening right here in our own neighborhood, like Party at the Park and our Servanthood Sundays, and just how the people here at Calvary are living on mission every day in their life at school and at work. We also look for ways to be on mission here in our country, and then also overseas. So kind of here, there, everywhere. And in particular, the Living Water trips were the very first everywhere trips that we did. So I've been at Calvary for quite a while now, and we had some great trips going um, to some other states, but no international trips. And so our very first Living Water trip was to Honduras, and it came um, shortly after we started raising money for clean water wells in our children's ministry. So... um, the Guatemala team is an extension of what was really the beginning of international uh, missions trips here. So it's expanded. We have several different countries and organizations that we partner with, but this one is near and dear to my heart because it was one of the first ones that we started doing. Certainly. Awesome. Great overview. Now let's dive into a little bit of details of our life, just a general thing. We're going to start with Jeremy. Tell the listener a little bit about yourself, where you are from, how long you've come to Calvary, and how many mission trips. Uh, Jeremy Mears. Uh, I got a beautiful wife, Stephanie, two kids. I work at Cat. Um, I enjoy farming. And um, I've been at Calvary probably five or six years. And I went on, uh, we went to Nicaragua in 2018. Last year we went to Haiti. And then this year, well, this will be my third trip going to Guatemala. Um, all with living water. All, all with all, all with living all water. All well yes. projects, right? Yeah, great. Cool. Cool. And then right next to you, Todd Matthew. Todd Matthew. Um, I've got a wife and, and five kids. Um, go fishing every chance I get. Uh, Working road construction, and I've been going to Calvary for about four years now. And how many mission trips have you been on? Uh, this will be number three with Living Water. Nice. Very good. And then we have, if you are have come to Calvary at any Length of time you have met this lady next to us. We have Nicole Bird here. Nicole, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's very true. (laughs) Tell the listeners about yourself. All right, I'm Nicole Bird. I am married to Jeremy. We've been married 20 years. We have two kids. Jaden is 15. Jacqueline's 13. Um, Right now, my hobbies. I have two teenagers, so I'm a sports mom on the sidelines. (laughs) Um, But when I get a chance, I just like to take my camera and head out and take some photos. I've been at Calvary for 11 years, and this will be my fourth Living Water trip. But I've been with Amy from moment one of 
living water is where we should plant ourselves, and this is how we're going to do yeah. it. So yeah, so we so we've taken four trips. Is that correct, or have we taken more than four? Oh, more than four. More than four. Okay, because okay. Sorry, I've read that. For wrong. how long Nicole and I have worked together, we have never been on a trip together. Oh, so okay. that's on that's on our bucket list got a, is to a do a trip together. But yeah, actually, um, we started raising money for Living Water in 2011. So Jaden would have been how old then? He's 15. Quick so. math. So yeah. nine years ago. Yeah. So yeah. And Jaden was um, one of the kids who got really into it. He helped make a promo video about why it was important to raise money for clean water. And so this is the first trip where one of the original kids in children's ministry wow. is going to be going on a trip, oh which is goodness. really, really cool. Crazy. That is that is incredible. And that is what we want to see as a church. We need to champion that so many times as, as much as we see that happen. And so... Uh, let's give a little bit general idea of what got you guys and girls interested in uh, missions and going on these trips. So I'm looking at Jeremy. Let's go with you first. Um, I, I'm, I'm somebody that would probably never, ever go on a trip, but I was approached by my neighbor here, Todd, and um, he kind of threw the idea out there, and I never, never in my, you know, five, six years ago, I would never do something like this and um, just decided to go. And um, it's been a life changer since. So, what about you, Todd? What got you interested in this? To be brutally honest, I try to get out of Indiana in the wintertime every chance I get. <laughs> and I was able to do some good while doing that. So, that's why I decided <laughs> to go the first time. I don't know what you're talking about. I love the snow outside. So. <laughs> Nicole, you've been doing this, as you said, the uh, fourth time now. What got you interested? I have, in honestly, it was probably being here yeah. and in a small group with Amy and we talked about this and then I never really considered it until it was water and kids. And that was just the thing that grabbed a hold of my heart. Yeah. yeah. And, and going back a little bit to Jaden thing, how, how does it feel you being his mom seeing that now that we just brought this, this spontaneous question here? That's, this is probably one of the things I'm looking forward to most yeah. this trip. Cause I've been on the trips and I know what to expect, yeah. but I also know to expect the unexpected but seeing this come full circle with him coming too, and then there's the moment of when I think when I was a teenager, if I had this opportunity, which Todd and Jeremy's sons are coming also, if I had the opportunity to see the world in the way that they're going to see it this week, I wonder how the trajectory of my life would have looked different. So I'm excited to see how that looks translated into my kids. And Jacqueline's chomping at the bit to be old enough to come. So She's got a few more years, but she'll Just do it. So. Yeah, great. Okay, so uh, let's go back to Todd. How would you say, um, leading up to your first trip, if you can remember back to then, what were some of the um, fears or concerns that you had going into your trip? Um, maybe some reasons why you thought, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this. And um, were those, how did that play out on the trip? I actually don't remember having any fears for the simple fact I trusted Calvary already had all this worked out and I was just going to go. <laughs> Perfect. I feel like everybody kind of goes in. Some people overthink it. Some people underthink it. it. It's really different for every person. Jeremy, I know you said you thought you would never do that. So what were some of the things that were maybe holding you back from considering that? And then what changed your mind after you got there to where you, this is your third time going back now? What, so what fears would I have? It, I was, uh, I've barely been out of White County, Indiana, so just going to a, a third world country, that was definitely a fear. Um, I like to know 
uh, how things are going to go, what I'm going to be eating. Mm-hmm. I like to eat. Um, so that, that was some of the fears. Um, but uh, going with Nicole and Jeremy, they, they had been on several, and they, they definitely made it easy. And um, not, they're really the fears I had, they really weren't there. I mean, it was everything was taken care of. Yeah, and did you feel like having to um, go despite some of those concerns and fears helped you grow in your faith and kind of taking a step out into outside your comfort zone and, and just following God's leading in that? Yes. I mean, so before this trip, I'll just be honest, I probably wasn't as involved in the church at all, but I was able to um, meet some really good people from the church. And since then, I've um, uh, we, we, we went to a small group and now we're actually having one at our house. And I mean, I'm so much more involved in the church. And I mean, my faith has definitely grown stronger since going. And Nicole, I know, so remind me, I think Jeremy had gone on a trip before you. Jeremy had gone on a trip before me, but he made a conscious decision to not tell me anything about the trip because he wanted me to see it with my own eyes, which for me was hard because I like to know what's coming at me. I'm a planner. I want to be prepared for all the things. So that was probably one of the fears, like the fear of the unknown. And then the first trip I took, I had little kids. So like trusting other people to take care of my kids and like this trip, even just this trip, fear of like the financial portion of it, like paying for three people to go. But there's a point when you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you step out in faith. And like, just like the other ones, God has provided for the finances. I had my parents and Jeremy's parents stepped in and took care of the kids and everything was fine. School teachers stepped in whenever they missed their mom and dad, they were allowed to come up and hug them and things. And um, my first trip to Honduras was, I had it all planned. I knew exactly what we were doing. But we got there the first day, and I was ready to do hygiene lessons, and there were no students. And I was like, I flew to Honduras, and I have no people to teach. But God kind of took me by the hand and was like, hey, it's about relationships. It's not about this. So during that day, the principal's kids were there, and there was another kid in the schoolyard. And we hung out with them, which felt like nothing to me until the next day when there was 400 students, and we'd planned for 100 they were, we had, we had rank with them. Like we had credit with them because we'd hung out with the kids all day long. So these kids already had our backs to keep the other students from taking things from us, which kids will be kids. Other kids, they like, they accepted us so much easier and listened to what we said because we'd spent the day before making relationships with some of the students. So So it sounds like none of you regret your choice to go on a missions trip. Not at all. Absolutely. So is there any, uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about language barriers. Did you guys experience any um, difficulties in relaying a message? If you've talked to me personally, and I won't share this story here, but specifically with a uh, Mexico trip I took last year, I had a a bit of a difficulty with the language barrier that I, uh, ask me later if you see me, but did you have any uh, any of that problems with you two guys? I will have to say I would probably be the worst person when it comes to speaking other languages and understanding other languages, especially Spanish, because I did not have that in high school. Uh, I've never felt like uh, language was a barrier to me in any way. Only the trips that you've always, you're always surrounded by people. The, the in-country staff can always, you know, get, get, you, get your message through or get the message through. Or, you know, they can 
They, translate. they can translate, translate very, you know, everything that needs to be translated. And then some, because sometimes I would say one sentence and the translator would go on for about two minutes. And I would think, that's not what I said. What else did they just add but whatever. Yeah. And, and one of the parts I love about uh, being with a, a different language is that a lot of times your actions speak just as much as the, the actual words. So you you feel the same thing that the person that's standing next to you who speaks another language, and you know you can't verbally communicate, but you know you're reaching that same goal, that there's just that sense of just kind of how the Holy Spirit molds and builds unity right there. And so let's talk a little bit about the experience of living water. So what is um, a listener to expect if they're considering going on this trip? Let's start from day one to the final day. I've heard some great stories um, in years past, but we'll go with Nicole first on this. Okay, well, if you decide to go on a trip, there's two teams that go, and there's a hygiene team, and there is a drilling team. Todd and Jeremy have done drilling teams every time, but Todd, Jeremy has tipped his toe in the hygiene lessons before. Um, We spend time with the women and the children in the community. We teach them germ transmission. We teach them how to properly care for the water that they're going to have that's clean, how to not contaminate it. We teach them, we do teach them dental care, how to brush their teeth how to wash their hands the right way. Um, we teach them a little bit of nutrition. And then each day we also teach them Bible lessons. Yeah. So either in the morning or the afternoon, you'll be with the children, and then it'll flip-flop and you'll be with the moms. So you have a chance to greatly impact the trajectory of the community by teaching them. And then the women and the children go home and teach their parents and their husbands and sons who are usually working and not un- at the lessons. Great. And then the hygiene team also does a Bible lesson story every yeah, day. Yeah, we do a Bible well. lesson every day as well. Mm-hmm. Usually a skit's involved. And with that, you think, I don't speak Spanish. I went to Haiti last year. I don't speak Creole. But the Living Water staff translates everything for you. So you can say whatever you need to say in English, and then they translate it to whatever native language it is for you. Now, they super appreciate when you learn a little bit of their language and speak to them in their language it goes so far, but you don't have to know anything. Same thing with um, when you first arrive in country, some countries will take you to church. You go to a dual language church service, so you don't have to understand everything that's there, but the pastor will say a few lines and the translator will say a few lines, and then you worship together in their native language usually, which is beautiful when it's a song that we sing here Absolutely. and you recognize yeah. that because mm-hmm. worship is universal. Yeah, so guys, for the drilling team, do you have to know how to drill a well? Absolutely not. They, there's uh, usually two guys there, and it's just a simple rig. They let us, they teach us everything. Um, they let us uh, run the machine, um, and then we interact with the, some of the few guys around the village. They'll, they'll be hanging around the outside helping us also. Um, but it's, it's really simple. It's fun. It's interesting, you know, the to see how the process actually is of building the well. And it's it's really amazing how much of a difference, you know, the water, you know, when you get the well complete and you see that water, it, it's just amazing the difference that that water makes for the, the community because we take it for granted here. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I remember back to a video I think we made last year with, with Todd and your daughter in there where we talked about um, – the experience and, and the water that they were having to go and get, which was a long ways away, and how much it was and how dirty it was to what they got in the end. So let's describe a little bit of the, the last day. I think they would call it a dedication service, dedication right, of the, of the water, dedication day. 
Um, so anybody want to describe that day to the listener? Well, I mean, first you had to know, I mean, it was probably about a, what would you say, a uh, half hour walk to get to the water? To get to the water. It took us about 45 minutes to get and to the And half of our group didn't even make it because it was so hot and the hill was so steep. Honestly, that was, it was the original was, water source, right? Oh, was, the original yeah. water source. And I mean, Where it was. Had been, <laughs> yes, I mean, they would have to walk. The kids would go in the morning, I think, and then the evenings. And I mean, um, it was just, it was pretty amazing to see what, what they had to go through just for water. Dedication day. Um, the community wants to say thank you for yeah. the well. So usually there will be some sort of celebration. Um, there's a little bit of teaching the community the proper way to care for their well because they're all there, they're all together, and they have ownership of the well once we leave. So there's a little bit of that. And then usually community elders or leaders, um, even actually in Haiti it was some of the younger women who will share stories or a special Bible verse with us or a prayer, um, sometimes song. It depends on the country you're in. In Honduras we were at a school, so the kids did a performance for us. Um, we have a chance to, depending on the country and how they do it, sometimes you have a chance to speak to the community yourself. Last year I was called on. I, did, I was told I would, didn't have to speak, and then they said, hard worker, what do you have to say? And so through tears I stood up yeah. and said, thank you for letting us come. Um, usually we have a chance to pray over the well and dedicate it, and then there's just a celebration, and it's nothing like you've ever Experience. There's something about that, like every, full, it comes full circle with everyone, and you're all celebrating one common, common achievement together. That is that is really incredible to to visualize from this standpoint. I've never been on one of these trips. I've been on similar trips, um, and just to feel that that culmination of the whole week and seeing water run out of the the well that you dug, and I've, I've seen pictures of Brent Jinks, you know, with water he was holding his. I forget what he was doing, but water was hitting him. And then there was pictures of the little kids playing in the water, right? So you see some of that yeah. with the new well and just the joy that, that that brings you, the compassion that that brings you to, to just how, the, again, the Lord just unites us through through that type of spirit. So as we close up today, what is one thing you'd like the listener to take home with them? Uh, let's go with Todd here. Uh, no matter who you are or what you do, there's there's no reason why you don't do this uh, at least once. Give it a try. Um, I would echo the same thing. I mean, like I said, I, I would never do something like this. But, I mean, uh, just this is my third trip, and, I mean, I, I look forward to it. Um, the, the Living Water, is, it's a great organization, and I, I, I think they make a tremendous difference in a, in a lot of people's lives. I mean, they're, they're in several countries and that they, they just make a huge difference. And I would say this trip is, is for a lot of people. And sometimes you you need someone to come up to you and be like, hey, have you ever thought about this? There's a lot of questions that come up before. Feel free to find any of us who have been on a trip before. But also the the way you're changed once you get back is the thing that makes a huge impact. You make a big difference that one week you're there, but it's the same as the water changes that community for generations, you don't come back the same. Like, for instance, I used to do everything I could to stay in the background of a class. I would help at VBS. I would never lead a lesson. I didn't want to speak to anyone. But then I was like, if I can go to another country in another language and teach a hygiene lesson, there's no reason I can't come back to my home church 
and be the leader in a VBS class or step on the stage with women's ministry and welcome the women. Like, Mm. it's amazing to me the barriers that it breaks for you out of when you step out of your comfort zone far away. When you get home, you, you push yourself out of your comfort zone also. Yeah, and that is that is what we want all uh, people who go on mission trips to take that next step. Uh, Nicole, won't you share with the listeners, because this team is leaving at the end of this week. If you're listening to this right now, they'll be leaving at the end of the week. Won't you share the list of uh, people who are going so the listener can be praying for them, and then we'll got something else we're going to share okay. too. Okay, joining us on the trip this year will be myself, my husband Jeremy, our son Jaden, Jeremy Mears will be bringing his son Reed, Todd will be bringing his son Eli, We have Joe Bailey, Jason White, (laughs) Valerie Jones, and Sophie Fanick, and Brent Jinks. Awesome. What a great group. And along with praying for them, we've issued a challenge, and we've done this in years past. Amy, why don't you explain the challenge to the listeners for our church and how they can participate? Yeah, so going on the trip is only one way that you can be um, a part of our clean water projects here, and... There are lots of different ways. One of the main ways that we try to partner with uh, the group while they're going is the 10-day challenge, and that means giving up all of your beverages, coffee, pop, juice, and drinking only water for 10 days. You still eat food. You're not fasting for 10 days, but when you stop and think about how much money we spend on our beverages... Some people can spit, you know, save up to $10, $20, $30, especially if you're going through some coffee shops on a regular basis. And we take that money and we put it towards the next well. But even more important than the money it raises, I think every time you deny yourself a beverage that you want, it reminds you that people all across the world don't have access to clean water. And it's a way to remind you to pray for the team, to pray for the community, and just to be more aware of the world that we live in and um, some of the things that we have that we take for granted and how we can make a difference. Um, We also collect school supplies and hygiene supplies that we bring with us, and I'd love to talk to anyone who wants more information about how to get more involved in our clean water projects. Yep, and that challenge starts today. Today. It releases on uh, Tuesday, and it's starting today. So even if you're listening today, join the challenge uh, and share with this ministry here and this mission trip. Thank you so much. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there's a, a card on the Info Hub, and if you sign up, then we're going to send out emails every day so that you can learn more about clean water projects. And we even have special water bottles and stickers that you can put on your water bottles so that it starts up a discussion with your friends and family about why you're taking the 10-day challenge. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that in our show notes at the bottom. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be in prayer for them. Join the challenge, uh, and we'll see you back next week. Y'all have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.